This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I am having a guest return on my podcast that we recorded an episode together back in the summer, so it's the near winter now, and uh, it is my friend Hamza. So we recorded an episode number 14 called Understanding and Exploring Your Relationship with Yourself, and today we've obviously stayed in contact and we decided that we wanted to record another episode on the concept of letting go. So that is a pretty big umbrella topic, but we're just going to be tossing around ideas and sharing insights on that because part of letting go is such a critical aspect of being human and being able to move forward in life. So without further ado, I would like to again invite you Hamza to introduce yourself, tell us what you're up to, where you're from, and we will dive right into our episode. Thanks, Kayla. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be returning on this podcast as a guest. Um, I really enjoyed the one that we uh, we did back in June in regards to your relationship with yourself. And for me, in some ways, this is very much a continuation of that, exploring how to let go so you can you know move forward in life and, and grow as a result. So back in June, uh, when we recorded the original podcast, I was still working at Good Life Fitness where you and I met. And I was uh, struggling to to figure out how to move forward with uh, with doing music. And uh, you know, fast forward five, six months later, whatever it is now, and now I'm you know working at a music store full time. I've been releasing dance music that I've recorded, and I'm working with a singer songwriter. So it's uh, it's 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 been it's been great. It's been great, right? Just taking it one day at a time and focusing on that momentum. I've realized really just how much can change in a short span of time as long as you're consistent. And uh, speaking of consistency, I want to congratulate you on your 100 days of meditation because that's, oh, that's fantastic. You. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a journey. And I know you love meditation too, right? And before we dive into that, well, I know we'll chat a bit about meditation on the episode, but I just realized, you know, you sharing, because when we recorded that last podcast episode, I remember we were at work at Good Life and we were in one of the, the rooms, the consultation rooms, recording it at work. And uh, funnily enough, it sounds like, you legit had to let go of that job to move forward into what you're doing now. And oh man. Just... <laughs> yeah. I have... So here we are full circle. <laughs> I know here we are full circle. You know what? It's funny. Cause I, I had to let go of so much more than that. Right. Because um, one thing that was kind of preventing me from, from taking like, a job at, at a music store, which, you know, I'm, I love and I'm appreciative of it, but it's so different from what I'd done for most of my career, which was working in finance. And it was really letting go of that, right. Letting go of, that level of status and income and career progression and whatnot and being able to let go and step into a job that was more in alignment with what it is that I truly wanted to do for me that process was really challenging and and we'll dive deeper into it because I think uh, there's a lot of good messages in there for others to hear who may be thinking about you know quote unquote taking the Um, leap but yeah and I remember even with you you were discussing uh you know, the challenges you'd been dealing with since moving to, to Toronto. Um, and now you're in BC and now, you know, you're, you're going fairly full throttle with your mindset uh, coaching business. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to see that process also. It's very, it's very, you know, uh, admirable from, thank you. From the outside. I know yeah. it's funny what we have to let go of. And when we're talking about this, like you say that you were kind of let go of good life fitness and let go of a lot of other things to be doing what your passion is, is of music and having to let go of all the the stories and beliefs and and ties that you had with finance in order to get where you want to be and it's funny because I've been studying and doing courses with NLP and life coaching and whatnot you know in my spare time and there was something I learned about recently and we're talking about the comfort zone and it was so interesting how the instructor shared that our comfort zone is our life. So everything that we currently have in our life is within our comfort zone and everything that we don't have or that things that we want are outside of our comfort zone. And I just thought this is so funny. And the other statement, like bold statement that he said was that essentially the comfort zone is our prison. So for you, so when true. you were just sharing, yeah, like when you were just sharing how like letting go of finance and like working a good life and stepping into music, it's like, 
it was your comfort zone because you had those things. You knew what they were about. And then all of a sudden it's like, you don't know what is possible. You know, you know, the good things and the bad things that could be possible with actually pursuing music and, and taking that on, but you still had to step out of your comfort zone and take a risk to get that. Absolutely. And uh, the important thing that I realized through that process is that I actually had to feel the fear mm-hmm. because people, because people talk about fear as like, you know, something you tie up in a garbage can and you just like throw out and then you go forward and do it. No, fear is a signal. And I know you've, you've, you've discussed fear in your podcast yeah. uh, before and whatnot too. So I'd love to get your perspective on that as we talk more about it. But for me, I really just had to feel the fucking fear and just go after it. I don't know how else to describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like opening a door into the unknown and um, accepting wow. the fact that there might be a big scary monster on the other side ready to eat you, but you open the door and you walk through anyway, saying, fuck it, if it happens, it happens. No, I was just going to say that it really is kind of that simple. Like that might sound very basic to people, right? Be like, oh, you know, just just take the leap. But I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. You just take the fucking leap. Yeah. It's true. And you know what I was when I was talking about fear a bit and like I always bring this back in the conversation in terms of what I share on social media and the podcast episode. But I was thinking about this and I have been playing rugby for 17 years. I've been playing rugby more than half my life and I've had a lot of success with rugby and, you know, what I've done with my athleticism. And I haven't played full contact, like a full contact game in like two years probably and this January like I've been training with the team uh, near my condo in North Van and this January I am committed to playing in games again and I was thinking about it and I'm like I'm so nervous and I'm thinking about this you know like what if this happens what if that happens and I realized something so critical in that moment and I realized okay Kayla you've been playing for 17 years you've literally seen it all you've seen the worst injuries you've been injured you've come back from injuries you've played at an Olympic level you've rode the bench, you've literally done it all. What left is there to be afraid of? And then the other thing I realized was I have actually been afraid for every single game before I'd go on the field. I was nervous. I had anxiety, like I couldn't eat, like all that. And I still went and played. And so it's like every time I would go and play a rugby game or I'd push myself to the next level level of athleticism, it, there was fear. Fear was always present, but I kept taking those actions. And that is legitimately what allowed me after – you know, 10 years of playing rugby to go and play at an Olympic level. And even then I was still shitting my pants. Like it just, <laughs> it just doesn't, it just doesn't stop. And I thought, no, it doesn't. It's crazy. Like it's, and people think, Oh, I'll do it when I'm ready, when I'm ready. No, no, no. That is a fabricated story by your ego convincing yeah. you that you need more time so that you can feel better in the moment. Like ready for what? Do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like well, for what? It's not like you were born onto this planet with like all this experience, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You just, you kind of just appeared and it's like, hey, welcome to the game of life, right? Yeah. And then you choose how you're going to move forward and, 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 and do it. But, and I'm going to try not to sound, because <laughs> you have mentioned before that sometimes I can, I can, uh, I can, I can make uh, comments or discuss things from a place of anger and I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> um, we'll, but, we'll call it passion. <laughs> we'll call it we'll, we'll call it passion. But I, I I will admit that it, that you know there are some there is a little bit of sort of that chip on the shoulder anger attached yeah. to it. Really, what, when I talk to people and they're talking to me about fear and anxiety and 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 being scared of doing things, it 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 comes across as weak to me. You know, because it's like you're allowing yourself to become a victim to your fear because it's just easier to do that and stay within you know your prison, your comfort zone. They're like, you know what, like, I know I want these things, but it's kind of outside of, of what feels comfortable. So I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to use fear as an excuse. Like, are you for real? Really? My thoughts. Okay. Well, I'm listening to you and I get that. Okay. So the people who have fear as an excuse and are having a hard time letting that go, it's just, I think that there's a lack of awareness that their mind has created that. And when we can go above those thoughts and look down, I'm like, okay, this is why I'm afraid. Like I'm using my past experiences that are fabricating the worst case scenario. And that's obviously preventing me from taking action. And I think when we can look at it from that perspective, like look at emotions logically, then you get a bit more playroom, right? But it's it's an act of the ego. And then totally. what you're saying is I think for you, people's experience of fear triggers your ego and that kind of gets you into like a righteous mode like well just do it anyways like yeah that's a sign of weakness right so it's just like egos reacting to egos and i get like you know there's obviously a commitment you want people to live a fulfilling life and i think there's also possibly 
an underlying thing to let go of that it's taken quote like this long for you to pursue your real passion to music so yeah. it's like then you see other people who are taking longer to take action and it it deep down like subconsciously pisses you off because maybe you took too long to take action and you don't want to see other people doing that it's like a mere reflection for sure no no you you honestly hit the nail on the head and that's why i was saying it stems from anger and a chip on the shoulder um because that's not because of anyone else it's because of myself right yeah. so what i'm trying to do is basically transmute that and and alchemize it so i can then share it with people to show them that i i know how you feel because i felt the same way and it's not that i'm trying to force you to take the same risks that I'm taking, but I'm just telling you that whatever excuses you're feeding yourself, they're only hurting yourself. And at one point you just have to make the decision to let go and feel the fear and move forward anyways. Right. And that's yeah. probably going to be the, the, the common statement that keeps coming up during this podcast is that at some point you really just have to be like, fuck it, this feels scary, but yeah. I'm just going to do it. And, and you and I discussed this also in our previous podcast. Right. And you've definitely discovered your fear, fears with me, too. Right. Like the risks you've taken with moving to China and then coming back and everything that you've gone through in your relationship and then pursuing yeah. your mindset coaching business. Like it's obvious that you have felt that real deep level of fear and just acted through it anyways. I think the next thing I want to talk about in terms of like comfort zone in that and, you know, you're talking about taking the leap and the moment that people decide to let go of their fear and their self-limiting beliefs and stories and predictions of what's going to happen, what's, what's literally happened in that moment is that they've hit a threshold. Yeah. And whether it's usually a pain threshold, because then it's like they want to go away from that. They're tired of that. And like, here's an example. We can use health and fitness. And I always bring this up in coaching examples because of my personal training experience. But I had a client that I met in 2016 and I did like a short term package with him. It was like a week long, like intro. And I invited him to sign up for long-term training. And I, you know, explained all the goals and everything that we would achieve together and so on. And he didn't sign up. So fast forward, like a year later, you know, I sent a couple emails, like following up, checking in. How are you? Literally two and a half years later, he emailed me and he said, Hey, Kayla, I want to sign up for personal training. And it blew my mind. I thought, wow, because there's honestly, like when it comes to people saying no to personal training, it's rare that they'll come back because, yeah. you know, they just they just don't do it. So he came back. And what happened was he hit his pain threshold. It was he went to the doctor and the doctor said, look, you're at risk for cardiovascular disease. You have high blood pressure and he's 30 years old. Like he's not even that old at all. And, you know, he's overweight and so on. And so I was like, OK, here we are now. Two and a half years later, we're getting started. And you decided to wait because obviously, you know, you hit the threshold. And when you heard that, it's like, OK, now I need to take action. But then what happens at that point, because he waited so long, there was like another 10 pounds to lose. There was even more mobility issues to get through. And it was just ended up being more work in the end. And so it's like people, everyone has their own pain thresholds and tolerances that they need to hit before they take an action. One point that you brought up before also, which I'm going to tie into this conversation is compassion, mm -hmm. right? Is being compassionate towards yourself and others. And I think becoming compassionate obviously involves letting go also, right? Whether it's yeah. letting letting go of the attachments to your ego, um, and uh, basically letting go of any any sort of hard pain and trauma that you felt yourself, because for me, I mean, when I when I when I get visibly upset with someone who's making excuses, it's because I'm being triggered because I used to do the same thing, right? I used to make the same excuses they made. I would avoid taking the same risks that they took, but um, I'm not employing compassion in that moment with that person. So now I know that that's something that I have to work on and I have been making an active effort every single day to try and be a bit more compassionate with other people. And funny enough, it's, 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 it's funny that we're kind of creating this web in this conversation, but I feel like meditation has actually helped in making me more compassionate. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree. And I, I share this, I did a whole stream of videos explaining what I've discovered through a hundred days of meditation and one of the biggest things is developing my awareness muscle and not getting triggered by things in life. And so the thing is, I've literally trained myself, like say in a situation where somebody shares something and it would normally upset me or trigger me or I would disagree, instead of just immediately reacting, I would notice that I'm triggered and I would think, okay, like, why am I bothered by this? And then in that moment, that's when I get to choose compassion or I get to choose 
whatever thing is needed for that conversation rather than just like reacting right off the cusp. For sure. Yeah. And I think there's also this preconceived notion that you always have to be super polite uh, whenever someone is, you know, maybe being rude or disrespectful to you. I mean, not necessarily. You can also be assertive um, in a respectful way, but, you know, stand up for yourself or, or be a little bit more blunt. But you have to be very careful in in the words that you choose and also letting go of your ego and understanding what this moment needs because you also have to be able to set boundaries, right? Yeah. But uh, in some situations, and, and my dad told me this and he nailed it on the head, and my dad's actually one of the nicest people that I've ever met. He says, in some situations, you just have to find the nicest way to tell someone to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it is what it is. And he's he's 62 years old, so I'm going to assume that he's he knows what he's talking about in some respects, but he's like, honestly, Hamza, like, it is what it is, man. Like, whether it's in the business world, in your personal life, sometimes you just need to tell someone else to like screw off in a polite way because they are, you know, um, disrespecting a boundary uh, that they shouldn't be disrespecting. So it's just yeah, the reality of the world. It is. And the other thing too, is that when we take those moments to communicate with someone to really yeah. get them to look at how they're behaving, yeah. you're, you're, uh, if you didn't, if you didn't take an action of being assertive in that moment, you're actually enabling that person to keep showing up that way. So if you are like, if we are truly, you know, showing up in the conversation and being assertive with them and calling them out and giving them the opportunity to let go of that behavior and how they're acting, you're literally empowering them to step into a better version of themselves. Exactly. And the thing is, is that you also have to keep in mind that there's only so much you can do because you can't actually change someone else's behavior you can influence their thought process um, or yeah. their emotional state but the it's up to them to make that change and it is their responsibility totally you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. it's it's so funny because last night when i was studying like every, those things are so relevant to this conversation right now and one of the things that the instructor was talking about is how people are not their behaviors and the thing is, everything, every single thing, this is the good news and the bad news. Every single thing that we know as human beings is a learned behavior. How we speak, our gestures, our knowledge, walking, talking, functioning, mannerisms in cultures, like all of that is a learned behavior. Everything is learned. Therefore, it can be unlearned. And so when people have certain behaviors, whether they're destructive or not, it's just that's what they've learned. Yeah. It doesn't actually mean they're a bad person. It's just a learned behavior that is not necessarily benefiting them. And so that's that's so critical is that when we can see and understand that everything that we know and how we're being in life is a learned behavior, that's when we get the choice to let that go and choose something different. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't choose something different or even bring some bring a new behavior in, you know, within your being until you've let that old behavior go you know until yeah. you found a way to let it go so what i want to do is actually discuss the process of letting go one thing that uh you know what actually i'll let you i'll let you start because you were making a pretty good point about um about letting go so you can evolve in relationships with other people yeah. um, and i'm and i'm and, and i'm interested to, to see what you have to say so when i coach people one of the things that i always bring forward is like okay so you have a current current situation or behaviors or like interaction with someone and it's a reoccurring pattern. Like people notice patterns in their life, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what is the impact of that? You know, like say, for example, you keep having, and I'll talk about relationships because I just feel I have experience in this. So you keep having a reoccurring argument with someone, whether that's your friend, your spouse, your employer, coworker, your grandparents, like whatever. You keep having this argument, right? And there's these reoccurring thoughts and reoccurring actions, reoccurring words that keep coming up because that is what creates the pattern. And it's like, what is the impact of that? And, you know, you can look at the impact would be like, I'm like, I'm angry. I'm disconnected with this person. Like we keep talking about the same shit. Like it's not moving forward. It's stagnant. I feel, you know, this peg being put between us, like it can't move. It's frozen. And the thing is, when we get present to the impact of the current situation then we can really like it's like we stir up all the garbage that we need to deal with and it becomes a choice it's like okay so if I keep showing up this way and talking this way and acting this way and treating these people this way these are the results I'm going to get so I can either choose that or as I'm getting the impact I can choose to see this differently and that's literally the crossroads of where behavior change can start that was that was really well said. 
<laughs> I honestly, I, I don't have anything to add to that. You you hit the nail on the head. Oh, okay. Right well, there. <laughs> I mean, does that like does that resonate with you? Like no, you no, one like one hundred percent. It's just sorry. Yeah, no, that was like I'm 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 not blowing steam. You just articulated that really well. So I'm like, shit. How do I add on? How do I add on to that? Um, I guess the well, best I mean, thing. I can you can you can you see <laughs> maybe like a time in your life where you did that unconsciously? You're like, okay, like this is the impact, and 100%. I'm getting the impact, and yeah. So then, what yeah. can you? Why don't you share if you know that you've done this process? Do you want to like share an area of your life where you did this and what happened instead? Of course, yeah. So I'm gonna get a little bit more raw here, and uh, and you know, peer be- a lot of people peer behind the curtains. Um, so throughout. I say most of my adult life, I've had a very challenging relationship with my with my mother, and uh, the reason is is because she so badly wants for me to like find that partner and have that family and raise the kids with the good values. And uh, the more I continue to you know focus on my journey and and focus on you know pursuing music and living a life filled with more creative expression and and whatnot, um, the more those goals sort of you know. I don't want to say disappeared, but they just weren't a priority for me anymore. But the more that happened, the more uh, tumultuous and conflicting our relationship began. And uh, it, it started to get like, it started to get pretty bad, right? Like we, like I would avoid answering her, her, her messages. And anytime I go home to see my parents, like her and I would always end up in an argument. And uh, my brother, one day he pulled me aside and he said, every time you come home, and mom brings up the subject, you become triggered and you just start like yelling at her and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and I understand where both of you are coming from, but he's like, if you keep reacting the same way, she's gonna keep, you know, saying the same thing over and over again. So he's like, what you have to understand is that you need to start responding differently to her and that is what's gonna bring about change. And it took a while, it took a while for that to really sink in. But as time went on, I was, I remember we were about to get into another big argument and I just softened up and I really just looked her in the face and I said, you know what? I understand that what you want from me is coming from, you know, a place of motherly love. Like I get it. You know, you want me to be settled and have kids and because, you know, you think that that'll either make me happy or, or whatever it is. Right. And, but you need to understand that for me, I have things in this life that I want to pursue and I think in pursuing those, I will be able to become the person who will then eventually attract the right partner into my life. And then I will be the kind of man that I need to be to be able to be a father to good kids. And I think that actually helped shift her perspective on the situation because I was just being honest with her as opposed to arguing and, and you know, feeling the fire. So that's probably the most raw example I can give of that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's brilliant because I can see that I can see the process, right? It's literally what I said. It was this reoccurring argument, reoccurring triggers causing the same results. And yeah. quite frankly, it was like a gift from the universe that your brother came forward and he got you to get the impact. He's like, hey, if you keep acting this way, this is what's going to happen. And then that's when you got to choose. You're at the crossroads and you chose to show up differently. And that shifted the conversation. And it sounds like it sounds like what happened is you acknowledge like your mom has this persistent complaint and I've done an episode on complaining and recreation. So, you know, if you're a listener, you can go listen to that afterwards, but it really sounds like your mom just wants you to be happy. And so the thing is when you recreated her and she felt heard, you literally diminished the argument Yeah. because then she got to reconnect with you and she could hear, okay, my son gets that I want this for him. And now she gets to hear what your commitment is. Mom, I want to be able to pursue music and do this, this, and this. And then, yes, that will come, but it's just not in the order that you want it. It doesn't mean it's never going to happen. So then exactly. that gives you peace of mind and you completely diffuse the situation. For sure, yeah. And I mean, oh, man, and, and I'll be honest, Kayla, like I really haven't shared this experience outside of, you know, anyone within, within my family and close friends because it is like a, you know, personal family issue. But uh, it feels it feels good to to bring forth and discuss it. What happened was is that I was you know making her the antagonist in the situation where it's like I'm right and she's wrong because I want this and she wants this. When what I did was put my ego aside. I listened to my brother and I'm so glad that he came forth and called me out on my shit. And he said that if you want things in the situation to change, you have to change your approach to it. And mm-hmm. he was he was so right because that is what changed me. Me 
taking on a diff, different sort of mindset and, and scripting in that moment of discussing with my mom is what allowed the situation uh, to then, you know, change and allow us to diffuse that tension between us and, and have an open and honest conversation. But uh, sorry, it's funny. I'm just, I'm just thinking about it and I feel the emotions arising again and I didn't realize how powerful it is, but that's just how it tends to be with, you know, especially those really close relationships that you have with your, with your family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly believe like I'm someone who's so committed to relationships and I've very openly shared about my relationship and my journey with my boyfriend, but I honestly believe that anything can be solved with communication no matter what. It doesn't matter the trauma. Like if you've been sexually assaulted or like somebody in your family was murdered or, you know, somebody died in a car crash or you have cancer, like all of those horrendous things that people have to deal with in life, you might not be able to control that thing, but you can control the language and how you speak about it. And that in itself will completely shift your reality. But again, it comes down to letting go of your current paradigm and your beliefs in order to create something new. Exactly. You know, keep working on that previous example is I wanted a change out of the situation by expecting a change in the behavior of my mother. But what changed the situation was making a change within myself, right? Yeah. Is instead of expecting her to let go of something, it was me letting go that allowed the situation to then shift and allowed me to, I don't want to say take control, but it definitely empowered me in a way that I could now act to change the situation yeah does that make sense yeah yeah and it's and that's something that we'll always have control over is our attitude and our perception of the situation and and people underestimate this and it's just simply because there's just a lack of awareness that they get that choice in every situation no one can ever take that away from you how you choose to react no one can ever take that away from you and that's such a core tenet of personal development in per like in general right i know it's it's a it's a very common theme in your podcast or whatnot is really like you have so much more power and control than you think but you have to allow yourself to really exercise that power and control like it's not just like one day one day you're going to wake up and suddenly things are going to fall into place you're going to start behaving a certain way you have to do that inner work and activate those inner mechanisms within yourself to be able to act in a way that will now create positive change in your life totally and you know it's funny as soon as you said how you know it doesn't happen overnight we had a conversation about patience and this is something that has come up for me a lot recently is that i think like I have a very clear vision of my end goals and exactly what I want in my life. And you're right. These things don't happen overnight. So recently I really had to let go of control of trying to force the outcome to happen sooner and just trust the process and the timing of things in life. And that's patience. And so, I mean, I don't know what you, if you want to like riff on patience a little bit, because we talked about like patience and perseverance, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just want to also um, dis- uh, discuss uh, the concept of outcome. And it's, it's, it's human nature to become super attached to a specific outcome. But one thing that I've, I've really been working on with myself and want to share with others is what if you just, you know, what if you just fucking let go of the concept of an outcome and just focus on the process? Yeah. Focus on doing what you got to do and let that yield the results because you have no control over how things are going to work out, right? You can't predict things to work out. To, to, in a, such a specific manner, right? It really is just a matter of focusing on the process and focusing on the process, in, in my opinion, is what allows you to now develop patience because patience is a skill, mm-hmm. right? What are your thoughts on that? It is a skill. And I was uh, actually recorded a podcast episode on patience and it is something that it it's like a muscle and it really takes just surrendering surrendering and letting go because I think I don't remember word for word but I googled it and I looked up the definition of patience and it was like something along the lines of being able to tolerate and wait for something you know despite suffering or something rather and I was like oh my god like that just sounds painful like it's (laughs) such a miserable definition (laughs) I know it was something like that and I was like oh god like but then I realized the power in that and that is where meditation has come in because when I realized that, you know, feeling irritation, frustration, uh, feeling a lack of confidence about how things are going to turn out, those are all things that need to be let go 
And when we let that go, then patience is present. Exactly. It's it's really you're, it's that lack of presence because you're either running away from a past or you're desperately chasing the future and you're not allowing yourself to just be in the moment, which I know is the most oversaid thing yeah. in both personal development and spirituality. But fuck, I can't think of a better way to praise it. It's literally just be here now, mm-hmm. be here in this moment. And if you allow yourself to come back to that sort of, you know, mental and emotional and spiritual equilibrium of just being here in the moment, that is what's going to allow you to now develop real patience. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not so busy trying to chase this future, right? Which to be honest, it doesn't even like, it literally does not exist. This is just a construct in your mind. It's just a, it's just a byproduct of your, you know, desires and hopes and, and visions, which is fantastic, but it doesn't exist. What exists is this moment right now. So yeah. if you can find ways to bring yourself back to that. That's what's going to allow you to be patient. And you know what's a really great way to achieve that? Meditate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's funny. I was out for dinner with my boyfriend on Sunday, and he he's into meditation. He's now – actually, there's been a few people inspired since I said I've done 100 days. Well, it's 102 days now, but I've done over 100 days of meditation straight. And people are like, what? And then they started meditating. I was like, yes, like this is the point. Like lead by example. And so I was out for dinner with him and he's like, cause I don't do guided meditations. I have done them. I like them. But when I meditate, I do a silent meditation. And my boyfriend, I was laughing because when we were in Mexico a few weeks ago and I invited him to do meditation with me and I have a bell at the start and at the end and it's a 10 minute meditation. So the bell goes and he's sitting there and I don't even know how long he lasted, but he got up and he left and I continued meditating. I didn't even notice he left. That's how in the zone I was. But anyways, he uh, he told me after, he goes, I don't know how you do that. Like, you just sit there for 10 minutes. Like, like what do you think about? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. When I meditate, I allow my thoughts to come and go. And sometimes I go into a meditation with intention. And usually I'll go through, you know, what I'm grateful for. I'm, I acknowledge myself. I set my intentions for the day. And I'll ask the question, what do I need to know? You know, if there's something on my mind and then things will come to me, like, you know, certain words or phrases come to me like, okay, and then I accept that. But I think that meditation has taught me to let go of thoughts because there's times where I'll go into meditation and I'll start thinking of the most random thing, like what I'm going to do in 20 years or what I want on my pizza that night or, you know, should I have a shower before work or after work? Like my mind will just go. But then what happens is I catch myself and I'm like, okay, I kind of trailed off. Let's just come back and focus on my on my breath and I let go of making myself wrong because what happens is people think oh when I meditate my brain should be empty that's not the point the point is that you're able to you're able to notice your thoughts that yes observe notice your thoughts and be curious about why you're thinking that and I think that is why now I've really developed the skill of not reacting. Because then when I get triggered, I'm like, ooh, like, why am I getting triggered right now? Rather than being like, oh, my God, they said this and then freaking out. It's once the trigger occurs, because you said you, yourself so many times, triggers are just signals, yeah. right? If you're feeling a certain way, it's okay. You know, the question to ask is, why am I feeling this way? And now using that to work to the root of the issue. Exactly. Um you know what, on, on the topic of, uh, of meditation too, I mean, meditation is fascinating because much like exercise, there's so many different kinds of meditations, right? There's no one solution fits all kind of deal, right? Just like in exercise, weightlifting might not be the best solution for every single person out there based on their goals, right? Or maybe their health conditions. Maybe some people uh, jive better with, you know, uh, play, like playing a sport or doing yoga or calisthenics or CrossFit or, or who the fuck knows, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many different types. Um, but the idea is that you're getting your body moving and 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 you're you're exercising. Um, meditation is the same way, right? I mean, some people prefer guided meditation. Some people prefer silent meditation. Some people go on these crazy meditation retreats where they meditate for hours on end. Some people do a mix of meditation and yoga. Some people like to use plant medicines within their meditation. Like, there's so many ways you can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to give a bit of my experience with meditation. So I started meditating. I started using Headspace, right? The app. Um, and I was doing that for, I think about like maybe six months, not consistently. I wasn't doing it every single day, but, uh, um, you know, I think on average it was maybe at least a couple times a week. And, and at one point I found that, uh, it wasn't really working for me. And then I stumbled upon, um, chakra meditation because, you know, I spent, I spent a, a lot more time in the, uh, uh, you know, spiritual slash hippie community in Toronto this year. 
Um, so the whole concept of chakra became chakras became more interesting to me. So I actually infused that into my meditation practice. I found a fantastic chakra meditation. And uh, that one's more about working through your energy centers for anyone who's not aware of the concept of chakras. And uh, I, I found that it works for me because when I started doing uh, the chakra meditation every single day, after about, uh, I'd say maybe a month, so 30 days of the practice, I became more aware of where the blockages were uh, within the energy centers. And uh, the blockages, uh, I, I realized they were signals. They're like, okay, you know, so if I if I'm doing this meditation, it gets to the part of the heart chakra, I can feel that constriction within that area. Um, and it's like, okay, well, so clearly there's a blockage here. And in imploring that blockage through a combination of uh, continuing to do the meditation practice and also journaling, I realized that I was still hanging on to anger and resentment from the breakup of my previous relationship. Uh, and there was still some trauma that was imprinted and lingering from then. Uh, and I then as you know, as I continued to, to meditate and feel that blockage and journal on it, I realized that uh, that had now shifted my behavior in interacting with certain people because I wasn't fully allowing myself to be open because I'm still kind of pissed at my ex, if that makes sense, you know, in certain ways. Um, and uh, just working through that has been quite powerful, in my opinion. And I mean, I, even the word powerful is overused, but I can feel it. I can feel myself just being a little bit calmer, a little bit more receptive. And funny enough, being a little bit more compassionate and patient uh, because now I'm letting go of, of that residual, you know, hate and anger from my previous breakup. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know, it's funny. I didn't yeah. even realize how much we let go as humans until we started this conversation. I'm like, oh yeah, like you're sharing your story. I'm like, oh, he had to let go of this and let go of that. And I had to let go of this in order to get that. And it's like, it's such a, such an interesting thing. Like I think, you know, nothing, I think the only thing that we believe is infinite is energy, but even, you know, nothing lasts forever. So at some point you will have to let go. So it's a matter of you choosing when you're going to let go. And here's the thing, there's something else that I learned within my coaching knowledge repertoires that I'm diving into right now. And that is that I totally lost my train of thought. Hmm. Okay. I'll, it'll come back to me. It's obviously not important to bring it up right now. It'll come back to me. So the okay. thing is, I, I love that you shared your experience with meditation and the whole chakra systems and whatnot, because it's true. It's in order to let go of things, we need to like look inward and be able to explore, explore the why. And, you know, consider that the why is just uh, an, an objective perspective of just being curious. It doesn't mean you know, you have to dive in and, and let those emotions and thoughts rip you apart. It's just being curious and looking objectively. And I think that is so powerful. It is very powerful. Yeah. And I just want to um, also point out that in, in describing the chakra meditation, I'm, I, I, my original point is that that might not be the, the meditation that works for everyone, right? Because for some people, it might just not jibe with them, mm -hmm. right? There might be another form of meditation that works better, whether it's a guided meditation or a silent meditation like you do yourself. But the important thing is, is that if you are curious about meditation, which I frankly think everyone should be, is experiment. Mm -hmm. Try them. I've tried like probably like, I, I don't want to say maybe a dozen, but at least half a dozen different types of meditation before I found the one that works for me. You know, so and uh, part of that is, uh, and we're, we're going to keep coming back to this too, is letting go of the idea that the first thing you try is the first thing that has to work. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Look at the most look, look look at the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. Like look at, you know, especially the ones you see in the mainstream, like, you know, Elon Musk or Gary Vee or any of these guys. Like these guys have had like fucking dozens of businesses that failed mm -hmm. <laughs> before they found the things that start working, right? Yeah. And that definitely involved them being able to let go, especially when it comes to a business where you've you know, put in so much time, money energy and you know it's become such a big part of your identity and how you uh associate with other people like you don't think it took a monstrous amount of personal power to be able to let go of those businesses and move on and try again and you know what's funny is i think what allowed them to get through letting go and this is such a biased statement but i don't even care is their mindset and it's their because i've seen quotes and whatnot and it's like you know you've tried a thousand ways for this to work and none of them worked it's just another way of discovering that that's not how it's meant to work and it's not a failure. It's just you discovered a way that it's not meant to be. And that's a mindset shift. And I think when people get tied into, oh, I tried this, I tried that, and it failed. It's not meant to be. Like, it's your mindset about that. And you're not actually letting go of the fact that it didn't work. You're holding on to the failure. 
And that is what's holding you back. Exactly. So this is actually the perfect time for me to bring up the whole concept of the sunk cost fallacy. Yes. Uh, which I know you wanted me to discuss. So, um, I, I mean, for, for people, uh, you know, you might be familiar with it if you've studied economics or psychology. Um, but just in case you're not, the sunk cost fallacy is basically your inability to let go of something because you've put so much time and energy and emotional investment into it that you are now expecting a return and if you don't get a return oh my god like you know just you just know you have to get a return and it's really it's a really dangerous uh, way of thinking and the best example i can use is in in finance right it's when someone let's say for example they bought they put ten thousand dollars into a stock that they thought was going to appreciate and they were expecting let's say like a double return over the course of the next couple of years or whatever it is but now that stock has dropped from ten thousand to five thousand your gut instinct is maybe saying that it's time to sell but you're <laughs> so emotionally invested you're like nope 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 it's like i, I put this money in I putting all this time and energy. I've been watching the stocks. I've been watching the markets. I'm going to stay here because I want it to go up. Not that it's going to go up. I want it to go up. Lo and behold, maybe after a couple of months, that stock just fucking tanks and it's down to zero. And now you're really upset because you realize that you had the chance to get out earlier and cut your losses. But because it's on cost fallacy, because you so desperately wanted a return from the situation, you allowed your emotions to blind you and you made a bad decision to stay in that moment because you didn't let go. Yeah. And, and you did make a bad decision, right? Like, like, let's be honest, some people, you know, they don't want to feel that deep cut, but you got to feel that deep cut for the reality to sit in is that you just didn't make a wise decision in that moment. Yeah. And it's funny because I hadn't heard, I think I've heard of some cost fallacy before our conversation today, but when you brought it up, you know, you obviously use this financial example. And then for me, I was bringing in the example of with the some cost fallacy, there's attachment and commitment. And so for the example you just gave, you know, there's there's power and commitment and there's disempowerment and attachment. And what I mean by that is like the attachment was the some cost fallacy. Like I've invested $10,000, like this has to work. I put all this time and money. These are all the reasons it has to work. And you've got these blinders up. And yeah. that when we have attachment, we have that like death grip. There's no space for things to move and grow and be nurtured because it's just attachment. You're stuck to it. So the mindset of having a commitment and still, again, using your financial example is if you're committed to financial abundance and whatnot, you would consider letting go and trusting like, okay, in this moment, I might lose five or $10,000 in the grand scheme of things. You know, if your game is to generate millions or hundreds of thousands or whatever you want, if that's your end game, then, and you're committed to that, then, you know, you're, you need to be willing to let go of your ego taking a hit that you're going to lose some money because you, there will be lessons to learn from that. You know, exactly. if, if you, the, that is what commitment is. It's like, I believe that commitment is you're committed to working for it to work no matter how it shows up. And this can be applied to relationships. Sometimes people have been in relationships for, you know, like for example, my boyfriend, like his parents were together for 25 years and they separated. And I think a lot of parents, they, and my parents are separated too, but I think parents, for example, is they decide to stay together for their kids and for the kids. exactly. Yeah. And it's like that, that could be a gray area of like, is that a commitment or an attachment? But it's like, I think it's an attachment to, Oh, this is how it should be. But the commitment would be, you know, okay, we're not happy together. This is not setting a good example for our kid. We're going to separate and we're going to create our own lives and be able to collaborate to hold the space for our kids. That is a commitment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that, that's a that that's a great example right there of the difference between attachment and and commitment. I wanted to speak a little bit more about attachment itself because that is such a central part of of the process of letting go. You choose your attachments, right? You choose what you get to be attached to, right? Like I, one thing that I see people getting really attached to uh, in this day and age are their material goods, right? Like they get really attached to this car that they saved up you know, years and years to, to be able to purchase. And now it's like a status symbol. It's something they've always wanted. The reality of the situation is, is that you could have spent five years saving up for that car. And the second you drive it off the lot, it gets totaled, right? Like it's a morbid example, but it's just the reality of the world we live in, right? And now you've had this attachment to this outcome, but then it didn't turn out the way you wanted. And now you're just devastated. Another example too, is, and I mean, that one's kind of instantaneous in its, in its tragedy. But uh, what, what one other example is if people have a business idea and let's say that they've been at it for five years and it's just not yielding the result they want, they're not getting the kind of clientele they want, but they're just so attached to making this one specific 
business work. What's going to end up happening is that they're going to be stuck in this vicious cycle of not being able to break out, but then also not make any real progress in their life. And for me, because I, I, I've dealt with people like that when I used to work at the bank, and what I can see is that they have now set themselves up for some real hard-hitting depression because of how emotionally invested they got into it. And I'm not saying that I know what the solution to that problem was, but just I can I witnessed the byproduct of being so attached to something and not being able to let go and not being able to you know pull out and get out when you had the chances. And it's scary. It is scary to think about that. But you know you learn from others as much as you do from yourself. But when you see that within someone else, it makes you think about your own life. And you're like, what am I so deeply invested in that's clearly not fucking working? And how do I begin the process of letting go? Does that like, did any of that make sense? It does. And you know, what's funny is I think that if somebody is listening to this right now and they think that they're, say you have something in your life and you're producing the same results and you feel stuck and you just don't know what to do. It's really, it's the actions that you're taking. It's that quote by Albert Einstein. Like, what is it? Uh, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yes. Yes. And the thing is, I want you to ask yourself, if you're listening to this right now, and I already said this, what is the impact of you continuing to do the same actions that get you the same results? What is the impact of, now that you understand the difference between attachment and commitment, what's the impact of being attached to an outcome rather than committed and letting go and backing off and giving it the space to breathe? And I, I could like preach this and I will for the rest of my life. When we get the impact, that is when we get choice. And the sooner we're willing to get the impact, the sooner we get to have a choice, right? And oh my God, I remember the thing that I wanted to say earlier, and this is so perfect. Okay, what I wanted to say earlier was when we take longer to make a decision, our intention to to do so and commit to that action, it depreciates. Like the longer you procrastinate, the less intention there is to execute whatever it is that needs to be done. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I've actually never thought about it that way, but that's such a good point. Yeah. Is that that initial sort of fire that was burning when you wanted to make that decision is going to start to diminish the longer you put it off. Yeah. Uh, because that's just the nature of life. And the other thing too is, and I mean, this is what, you know, scares me and I don't know how deeply it hits other people, but you're also losing time, mm-hmm. right? And time is the most valuable resource you have because it's literally the one you can't get back. Yeah. So the longer you take and making a decision, you're losing your most precious resource. Yeah. And for me, at least that's a, that's enough of a driver to go after what I want. That's really what drove me to want to quit my career in finance and pursue music. It's like the longer I put off this decision, the more time I'm going to lose and the less time I have to actually give it a fucking shot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, maybe if someone's listening to that out there, uh, hopefully resonates with you and, and inspires you to go after what you want. But yeah. And I mean, just like, just like what you said also, right. It should also be fuck. Like, I don't want to lose that fire that I have right now because once that fire diminishes and it becomes dim, yeah, I'm just not going to have that fuel that I need to even try yeah, properly. And, and you know, it's funny. This makes me think of, you know, the cliche, like midlife crisis where, you know, somebody's in whatever decade they hit 30, 40, 50, 60. And then it's like, they hit their pain threshold at that point, And then they do something drastic. Like they, they quit their job, they get a divorce, they travel around the world, they buy a motorbike. And it's like, you know, maybe if you had incorporated that into your life, you would probably have a higher amount of abundance and whatever it is you want, instead of waiting for that pain threshold, because it will come. And the other thing that I love- It always comes. It does. And the other thing that I love is that there's a really good quote, and it's something along the lines of, you know, if- if I didn't make you uncomfortable, you wouldn't move like from the universe. And that's the yeah. thing. Like, that's why sometimes crazy things happen. Like you get laid off or something. It might be a, a bad thing that happens that's outside of your comfort zone. But then suddenly that's when you cause momentum of movement and you have to take a different action. So those things are blessings. And it might be, you know, somebody gets diagnosed with a, with a disease and, you know, they suddenly they realize like, wow, I wasn't appreciating my health. I wasn't, I wasn't respecting my body or I was, I wish I had invested more time, you know, cooking or exercising or not smoking. And it's like, that's why I think it's so critical to develop the muscle of awareness and really understand the power behind letting go, because that's when you get to fill your life with what you actually want. Yeah. And you also have to ask yourself of what am I sacrificing by not letting go? 
right? What am I not allowing to come into my life because I haven't let go of this one thing? Totally. And, um, that, and that's part and, of the impact, right? That is the, getting the impact. Exactly. And I see this quite, uh, quite often in uh, people who are in relationships that they don't want to be in because, you know, there, there's so many reasons that they're afraid to end. But I'm like, okay, if you're a part, if you're with a partner that you're not unhappy with, you are literally preventing yourself from meeting the partner who will make you happy. Yep. Right. Isn't that enough of motivation to want to, you know, get out of the situation you're in, go through that, you know, rough transition period, and then eventually become the kind of person who will attract the right partner for yourself. So you can feel that real level of connection. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I can to, to make a bold statement here and say, you know what, you just don't want it badly enough. Yeah. You don't want it badly enough. And I've said that to other people and, you know, it does cause a bit of friction between us when I say it. But other people who I know who, who want to pursue music or art or whatever it is, but they're not making the right changes, which in 95% of cases means they're not willing to give up their, their, their cushy day job that's, you know, tying up all their time and resources to do the things they want. And I just look at them and I say, you don't want it badly enough. Like you don't. You don't. Because if yeah. you did, then you would, you know, find a way to work through the excuses and eventually garner the courage that you need to be able to take the risk but when i look at you my friend i'm sorry it just doesn't seem like you want it badly enough and usually when they get annoyed by that statement it's because i can tell that i've hit, hit like hit a nerve because yeah. some part of it rings true maybe not all of it but some part of it yeah. um so i guess i could even so now i just want to bring that point to to what do you want like what do you want because if you're not letting go of you know a current situation or circumstance if you want that thing badly enough, then that should enough, the pull of that should be strong enough to want to allow you to act in a way where you can now let go and go after what it is that you want. I don't know if any of that fucking made sense, but. It, um, it does. Yeah. And there's a couple of things I wanted to add. And one of them was, I think that people don't realize that when I talked about the comfort zone earlier, everything that you have in your life, whether it's things that you want or don't want, that's in your comfort zone. So if somebody's in a relationship and they're not happy, that's in their comfort zone and it's familiar. So that could be why they, they keep choosing, you know, unconsciously that relationship is in their comfort zone. It's an excuse that allows them to be a victim it allows them to not take any action and just be in the familiar space of what they think they can control that's one thing and the other thing i wanted to say was i just think language is so critical because i was listening to this in my my content last night you need to not just be wanting something you need to be willing to do it or to get it because here's the thing and this is the power of language and this is also manifestation law of attraction right now if we say i want better health i want i want the relationships of my dream i want financial abundance i want to be able to travel you say all the things you want if what you say is what you get all you're going to get is more want exactly and when we look at willing like i'm willing to get the car. I'm willing to create a breakthrough in my relationship with my family. I'm willing to heal from my past trauma and assaults and whatever I've been through. If that changes the dialogue and it's like, okay, well, if I'm willing to, then I need to take an action. And that shifts your, your perception. And it's, it's, it's really crazy, the power of language. And last night I was like, that's so true. Like I, you know, if I'm walking around and I'm saying I want a successful business, I want people to come and sign up for me with one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm just going to get more of wanting. So I'm like, okay, what, what actions do I actually need to take to show that I'm willing? And that like last night, that was a major game changer for me when I, when I realized this concept, I was like, that's really powerful. It's not just wanting something. It's willing. As we're coming up on the one hour mark here, um, I just wanted to make another point about letting go because you know, maybe someone who's listening to this is going to be thinking, okay, well, I know what it is that I want to let go of. How do I start the process of letting go? So what I want to give to people is the step one and step one is acceptance, acceptance of what is not how you think things should be, you know, yeah. accept the situation as it is now, accept that whatever has happened in the past is prologue. It's happened. You can't go back and change it. You can't, right? Unless, unless you've built a fucking time machine and I don't know about it, you can't. Accept that. Accept that you have no real control of how the future is going to turn out. All you can focus on is bringing yourself to the present moment. And once you bring yourself to the present moment, 
you have now given yourself the platform to begin the process of letting go. I think that's great. And the only thing I would add to that is, well, two things like this is so good. The thing is, too, is like acceptance and all of that, but just also looking at the impact. What happens if I take action or if I don't take action? Because that gives you options. You can see what yeah. possible outcomes could be. And the other thing, and this is literally, actually, I recorded a podcast episode on personal responsibility, and that ties into control. But there are things that we can control, and there's things that we can't control in life. And we talked about this earlier, how the thing you can't control is your perception. You can control whatever you create, whether that's your communication with someone or the actions that you take or the thoughts that you think. Those are the things that you can control in the situation. So don't underestimate taking responsibility for those controllables because that will also empower you to start the process of letting go. Exactly. Yeah. Solid conversation. I, I love this. Like actually just so our audience knows, it's like I've moved to Vancouver and Hamza and I have stayed in touch and we always message on Instagram. And usually what happens is he'll message me and he'll be like, oh, I was having this conversation with someone and then we get into this like massive philosophical <laughs> conversation on Instagram that I'm like, I'm going to make a podcast episode on this. And this is just has been a reoccurring theme of our friendship. And uh, I was laughing that that one time, I think I had just come back from Mexico and you messaged me and you're like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, oh, my God, what is it? Like, what's the what, what do you want to talk about? And you're like, well, actually, I just wanted to like, you know butter you up and say hi before I, I dove into this. I was like, but we always have good conversations about like mindset and personal development. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just autopilot. So I was just, I'm so excited that we got to have this conversation today. And before I start to wrap things up, is there anything else that you wanted to, to say or share? Honestly, I just wanted to say thank you again for having me on. Like it's it, pleasure and it's, um, and it's useful. I, and, and for me, I really enjoyed the, the first podcast we did. I enjoyed this one just as much. And I'm really looking forward to, to the next one that we do together. And one thing I wanted to say more, more for the audience is that, you know, Kayla and I are not putting ourselves on some sort of pedestal or high horse. Like, man, we're, 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 we're playing the game of life just like you guys. We're trying to figure it out for ourselves. We're just trying to have a dialogue and a discussion so we can all do better. Yes. Right? Where we're not claiming to have all the answers. And we there's obviously things that we could be wrong about but we're accepting the fact that we are human and we're we're imploring these subjects and we want to create that dialogue and you know we want feedback because if if you don't agree with what either her or I are saying then let us know because it's an opportunity for us to have a new perspective and grow ourselves so i really just wanted to state that but the other thing i want to say is that you know i, I i'm so grateful for our friendship and yeah we have stayed in contact <laughs> like it's not that often that i've really kept in touch with people that i used to work with but i think our relationship changed from you know co-workers to to to, to friends and you know fellow I don't even know like personal development individual personal development junkies that's the truth junkies yes I love it <laughs> I love it yeah personal development junkies quite quickly and uh yeah honestly like like tune into her podcast anytime she puts on a new episode uh it's it's what I listen to when I'm you know cleaning my room and cleaning the house and I always learn something new and uh it's funny because even some of the stuff that I listen uh, I hear from her podcast it finds its way into my conversation with people that I have you know, in my day-to-day -day life. And then those conversations then trigger something that I want to speak to Kayla about. So I just want to show you the power of really listening to, to someone who's passionate about personal development and coaching. So um, I'm not just saying this because she's my friend. I'm saying this because her podcast is great. So I hope you continue to listen in. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And I really appreciate that because I'm, I'm proud of myself for starting this podcast when I really started to create my business online because it's just going to be a memoir. Like, I think this is the 50th episode I've recorded. So we're in November, the middle of November. And I started my first episode I released the first week of March. And it's like, you're right. I, I share all this not because I think I know better. It's because I've done so much work on building my awareness and investing time and money and content into myself that I just, it would be greedy for me not to share. And so it really is an honor for me to be able to have these conversations with you and record them and share them because it's just going to help more people. And that's the point. That's my purpose, you know, is obviously helping people like developing them into the best versions of themselves. So I'm very, exactly. I'm very appreciative and, you know, thank you for coming on. And yes, we will throw ideas around and we will definitely be recording the next episode together soon. Sounds good to me. Yes. So I will include your information on the show notes, but do you want to just tell our audience here where they can get in contact with you? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, so Instagram seems to be the way that most people go. So my Instagram handle is H S Y E D nine zero five. 
on there. I'm always posting, uh, you know, uh, snippets of, of my writing. I'm always posting my music on there. So if you want to follow that, that'd be great. I, I don't hound people to follow my social media. Uh, but if you want, you can get in touch with me through that. And, uh, you know, until, uh, until next time, Kayla. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, like, share, all the things. This is how I'll get these episodes out and be able to help more people. So thank you again for tuning in, and I will see you in the next episode. 